0: hello and welcome to season three of the racing with rob and roller podcast can't believe we're on season three already this is awesome and amazing season three woo! i'm josh roller and you just heard the other guy who makes up the other half of this podcast rob peters uh we are excited for 2021 and we hope you are off to a great year itself for you as well and uh We'd like to, first off here, before we get started, give out a huge shout-out to Colin Safronsky for creating our logo for this podcast. Uh, super excited. been working with him for, um, let's see, a little over a month now. push a month and a half. Shooting stuff back and forth between Rob and, and, and him and ideas, and we settled on this logo. Super excited. He's created thumbnails as well as... Um, for our youtube we'll discuss our more uh social media presence as well this year we're boosting that up uh he's creating more stuff for us uh, in the coming weeks as well so thank you colin we'll share another uh, uh his link to his portfolio once again but we i could not start this podcast without giving him a huge shout out so thank you colin once again
1: rob are you ready for uh season three i think i'm ready for season three we got a brand new logo on the show now and i'm sure if you've seen it now you've uh seen the brand new logo you're looking at it right now on your phone i assume um and if you're not you're listening to us on your computer you've still seen it you've seen our new twitter logo i hope so Uh, unless you're you have no social media presence and you just get your news strictly about this podcast from whatever feed you get your podcast from like the rss feed or something um i'm pretty sure you're excited i I hope you're excited as excited as we are because we're super excited to essentially double what we've put out the last couple of years uh we're going into season three we've got a whole lot of things looking forward to for us and we've got a 2021 racing season that is shaping up to be one of the best that we've seen in quite some time so i am very excited about it um and josh do you think it's time we should uh, jump right into uh the rob's racing report and catch up on all of the news that we've missed for you like a month an,
0: you have an extensive Rob's Racing reports. So yeah, we got all the usual stuff for you coming up here. We'll preview Daytona, but first, Rob, yes, you need to get going with
1: Rob's I mean, Racing Yeah, this is report. like five weeks. This is five weeks' worth of news that we've got mm-hmm. to cover in in one podcast. So wish me luck. So let's go ahead and jump in, starting with Formula One, as we usually do. Uh, Formula One confirmed that both Friday practice sessions have been reduced from 90 minutes to 60 minutes in 2021. Race start times have also been changed to the top of the hour instead of the 10 minutes past. I dig that. I like that. Not yeah. so sure if I'm happy about Friday practice sessions getting having reduced time, but I'll get into that later. Uh, Monaco Grand Prix organizers remain adamant that this year's race will take place despite the ongoing COVID 19 pandemic. Oh, and F1 also has a brand new CEO in Stefano Domenicali, the former uh, Ferrari CEO for Ferrari yeah. uh, team, team principal. That I'm sure yeah. team leader. That you're. I'm sure many of you remember. I don't know if we talked about that, but that's something that has happened but he has officially ruled out the idea of re- reverse grids in formula 1 events but it is still possible to see <laughs> saturday sprint races this season how about that that would be wicked. uh that'd be crazy I don't know if I like that without reverse grid though I I agree I'd it's like to see of... it with reverse grid it'd be because what what what's the difference I mean the difference between the saturday race and the sunday race wouldn't be anything Different, like the thing that makes it cool in most other forms of racing is you have some kind of inversion. You have some, you have something that dictates it being a different race than the one you just saw previously. So I feel like they would need to do reverse grids if they're going to do sprint races. I agree, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to get into too much of that right now. Um, one of Domenicali's major focuses is also expanding Formula One's presence in the United States. Start stating that finding a deal for a new F1 race in Miami is still on and talks with Circuit of the Americas for a renewal is ongoing. I beat the horse that uh, F1 should come back to Indianapolis. Roger Penske wants to make it happen, but uh, there's been no movement on that. So I'm uh not ready no to call... No movement, at least publicly.
0: We all know Roger's really good at doing stuff and keeping it quiet.
1: I'm not ready to call the possibility dead in the water just yet because I want to hold out hope, but it's not looking good. Oh, and by the way, this morning, uh it, it, we're recording this on uh February 8th. It's by probably February 9th by the time you're listening to this. Uh but Lewis Hamilton has signed a 1-year deal with Mercedes. We expected this to happen. And we just didn't know when. Yeah. And thankfully, it finally happened. I was get, I was starting to get worried. I was like the season is starting soon. <laughs> like it's 2021. I think he should probably have a a deal set up yet when he didn't have one in January. I was like okay, but now he's yeah, I, so I was nervous. I was nervous. Man, I was yeah. like, "Man, what is Mercedes going to do? Who are they going to?" Off the, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to do. In, but all right, Hamilton's back in a Mercedes. Um, a that's it for like Formula One. In
0: relief and a lot of people disappointed.
1: Yeah, I don't know uh, who thought anything different was going to happen. I think we all knew Hamilton was going to resign. It was just a matter of when and for how long. <laughs> so. Those were the two big questions that were on on the table, and now we know both of the answers. Um, Some feeder series news. Hey, this is the best news of the year. I I don't know if you've heard this, but this is best news so far of 2021. Uh, American Juan Manuel Correa will make his return to racing after his accident at Spa in 2019 that also tragically took the life of Antoine Hubert, Uh, and he will be racing in Formula 3 with ART. So this is great news for Juan Manuel Correa making his return to racing after breaking both of his legs in that horrifying accident two years ago. Um, and and now he's coming back, but it's not going to be in Formula Two; it's going to be in Formula Three. But I think that's just fine because the F three field is is just good enough that I think Juan Manuel Correa can uh, gain some of his mojo back and maybe get to F two again in in a little while. Um, Dams has a totally new uh, F two uh, lineup. They have signed Ryan Asani, and Marcus Armstrong. So Sean Galeel and Dan Tictum are gone. Ryan Asani and Marcus Armstrong are now uh, the Dams drivers for next year. Um, Formula 2 news continuing with Theo Pulcher, uh, the F3 phenom that, you know, had a shot to win the champion, who didn't have a shot to win that championship. Um, but uh, he's going to move to uh, ART in Formula 2, which is good news for him. Theo Pulcher, if you haven't watched him in Formula 3, he's a good talent. He'll be fun to watch. Um, and then, how about this? I talked about this. This is something I feel like i need to maybe go a little bit more in depth about but uh hwa race lab have, has announced their formula 2 drivers for 2021 the first one being Matteo nanini surprising but you know not unheard of you know nanini didn't really impress me in formula 3 but he didn't really have a good team or a good car so maybe he will impress me in formula 2 but the next guy is teammate is what you really got to focus on is uh, it's it's alessio diletta have you guys heard of Alessio Dillard? This guy is, is the only person I know who's uh, he's been the last two seasons of Formula 3. He has not scored a single point. Has not scored a single point. Uh, and he didn't score at all in in, in most of his feeder series. I think he scored a total of, what, 60-some career points in his entire career uh, that spanned from 2008 to now. Um, And he's run full seasons in just about everything, every feeder series leading up to Formula 2. Uh, trying to figure out the logic behind this one. This guy's never posted a points finish, points paying finish. It has to be money. I know Josh you're you're, you're making the money sign. And and it's not a reference to Johnny Manziel. It's it's legitimately, I know who thought you would hear that. Happy season 3, I just made a reference to Johnny Manziel's a name you have not heard in years. Um especially <laughs> if you're not uh, an American football fan, you have no idea who this guy is. Uh there's probably tons and tons of videos about him on the internet you can look up, but anyway. Uh, point is. So, I think Deledda has to be here by money. But I think also there's a God, there's a point where I understand why people take pay drivers. But most pay drivers, for the most part, show potential at least once in their career. Deledda has never shown potential once. Like he is, he, we know what he's about. Like we've seen what he's about. We know this guy can run. You know, at the back of the grid, every race. Maybe he won't crash. It's just... He's going to finish the race, I guess. He might be three laps down, but he'll finish.
0: He's bringing you know, the car it, home in one
1: piece? I I, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so this is this is what we're getting in point. We're so excited about the F2 field for next year, and then it's like HWA goes and be like, D'Aletta, why? Why would you do this to us? Why do you just bring... He single-handedly brings down the level of skill at the field to lower than what it already is i'm sorry I, i'm sorry look i look at the stats look at the way he drives and tell me i'm wrong that's what i'm saying that's why I'm, I'm asking um the greatest name in auto racing stingray rob will contest the 2021 indie light season with yunkos racing shout out to yunkos racing they follow me on twitter so i always like to give them a shout out i wrote a cool story about him in my blog once uh and they shared it to their millions of followers and not millions thousands of followers but and that was really cool. That was cool for me. So I appreciate them for that. Um, American driver Jack Crawford will dra- graduate to Formula 3, and he will join High Tech Grand Prix for 2021. Jack Crawford is great. If you haven't seen him in Formula 4, Italian F4, he's been doing really, really well. Um, he ran a couple of uh, F- F4 regionals. Um, America, F4 American races last year, uh, or two years ago, I think. Uh, he's just been doing really well. So it's good to see him move up to F3. Um, very well-deserved. Hopefully we'll get a another... I, I, high tech's not bad. High tech's pretty good. So we'll we'll see. Maybe uh, Jack Crawford. I don't I don't know if he's going to do as well as Logan Sargent did last year because Sargent had the Prema, uh, and it just seems like unless you're in a Prema, you're not going to win in Formula Three. So we'll see. Um, Yuri Vips and Liam Lawson will race for High Tech Grand Prix uh, in at Formula Three in Formula Two in 2021. So Yuri Vips moving up to Formula 2, which is awesome. That's what most I've wanted for a while. I've seen Erie Vips race, and he did very well in the races for dams last year, so I'm very happy to see that. And Liam Lawson moving over to high tech. Now, I want I, I didn't want to say this, but I think I missed a piece of news here that I want to talk about. And it regarded, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'm going to look for it right now because uh, there was some rumors going on about what Gianluca Petikoff was doing um, this upcoming season and, uh, he's, uh, was, is the reigning, uh, formula regional European championship, champion. Uh, and there was some rumors of what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing, uh, this next season. He was, he had some offers here and there, but he wasn't quite sure what he was going to be do. This is true. Okay. So this happened, this did break today, uh, the 8th of February, uh, he's joining Campos racing in F2. He's going he's skipping F3 entirely. He's going straight to Formula 2. This is cool cuz I don't think anybody saw this happening. I expected him. I said I said a long time ago Petekov should have been in the Prema uh, F3 seat. It went to Leclerc. This is cool though. Him going to Campos for F2. Now Campos is not the best Formula 2 team in the world. But I really think Petikoff can do well with with these guys. We'll see what happens. Um, and also some sad news about uh, uh, Campos Racing. Their actual, they're the founder, Adrian Campos, uh, passed away over the past couple of weeks. Um, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and you know, I want to send my uh, thoughts and prayers out to Campos Racing and all of the feeder series uh, paddock because that's that's just sad. He has helped a lot of Formula One drivers, current Formula One drivers, uh, former Formula One drivers, uh, former feeder series drivers get. Uh, opportunities like this. And like you're seeing with Petikoff right now, someone who probably would not have had an opportunity to further his racing career, but Campos comes around and gives him an opportunity to and says, hey, go race in F2. We think you're good enough. And I think that's great because it, it, it's, it's good to see that feeder series is working out and we are uh, advancing the team, the drivers that need it. Um, so finishing up, that's the end of feeder series news for today. Moving on into IndyCar news, we got a lot of IndyCar news because holy cow, it felt like IndyCar—the whole IndyCar paddock—broke, <laughs> broke the internet three or four times. James Hinchcliffe is returning full-time IndyCar driver Ooh. in 2021. Um, he's he's going to pilot 29 car with sponsor for sponsorship from Genesis. So he's going to fu- uh, pair up with Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, and Ryan hunter Ray. Now notice there's one driver that's missing from that entry lineup. And that's Marco Marco Andretti. I'm sure if you haven't heard by now, Marco Andretti announced on social media that he will only race the Indianapolis 500 in 2021. So he's stepping away from IndyCar for a little bit. He's taking some time off. He's going to reevaluate his career and see what happens. And I believe uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But he um, is going to become a racer in SRX. And I know that he has some – or he's looking at uh, potentially some sports car rides here in the next couple of – Couple of months, so we'll see what happens. Maybe that'll help Marco. Maybe yeah, that'll, that's definitely. what he needs to uh, reinvent his career because definitely the poll at Indianapolis was the most success he's had in five, six, seven years. Maybe, I think,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, that's been a tough one to watch over the past few years. So, yeah, take a step back, regroup, take a breather, run a few different things, maybe learn a thing or two, you know, or relearn. I don't know. And hopefully he comes back and we can see him back in a full-time ride and, and be more competitive and get the Andretti name back in victory lane.
1: Especially you know, and that's the thing that's crazy about Marco is I remember being a kid before Marco got to IndyCar. Cause, I mean, his first 500, was my first 500, but um, on that terrible, god-awful weekend of the 2005 U.S. Grand Prix, there was also an Indy Lights race and an Indy Pro race on the road course that year. And that was the first time I saw Marco Andretti race was in that race, was in the Liberty Challenge. Um, that's what they called it at the time, the Liberty Challenge. And yeah. um, and and that and ever since then, everybody was hyping up Marco as being the next big thing. And then I see him go finish second in Indianapolis, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he is the next big thing. And he won. then he won that race at Sonoma, and that's pretty much been it. I mean, his yeah. highlights have been top fives in Indianapolis and a win at Iowa. And then a whole bunch of other not nothing. It's nothing. It's mm-hmm. kind of sad to see because there was possibilities there for a long time. Uh, moving on here, uh, this is cool. This is the coolest thing. I think we Next. I read most of this. It an entry designed to showcase women rate women racers. A joint effort between Team Penske and Beth Beretta will provide an entry for Sonoma- Simona de Silvestro uh, in the in. In 20, in the Indy 500, I think, right? Or is it supposed to be just the Indy 500, I think it is? Okay, so just the Indy 500 for this year, hoping to go full-time next year. With Peretta Autosport, they'll enter the number 16 Chevrolet, um, and they hope to turn it into a regular presence. Now, this is interesting because I'm not saying, I don't want to throw, like I don't want to say this is not possible, but it's like, they tried this before. I was there in 2015 when they announced Grace Autosport was going to run. The I do remember that. I have the press release still in my backpack from that. I don't know why I haven't taken it out, but I still have the press release for some reason. Um, Beth Preto was involved in that too. I'm just saying she doesn't have the best track record. I hope this works out because Lord, I, I, everybody knows every, most people in IndyCar, and most IndyCar fans love Simona Di Silvestro. I love Simona Diesel Rastro. I think she's a great talent. She's a great ambassador for women in racing. She's a great ambassador for wi- racing in general. Um, and she's done a lot of things. She's raced in supercars. She's done IndyCar. cars. She's done. Cars. She's, done uh, she's a factory driver now for who? Who's she? Factory drivers is it? It's not Porsche, no. Uh, is it? Porsche? It might be Porsche. I can't remember. But she's a factory driver. Is my point. Uh, so she's very talented. She has talent. She's got Formula E starts to her to her credit. I forgot about that. Um, and so I want this to happen. It's just, you can imagine my skepticism considering the fact that I've seen this before, I you know, think, and this is not, this is just like, this is it, with, uh, NY racing team and NASCAR, you know, it's like, okay, we've seen this before you announce these things, you announce these cars, you announce these drivers, and then you don't show up on the, on race day. You know, that's the problem. You announce all this and then you don't show up. I'm really hoping that this pans through. And I assume with help from Team Penske and Roger Penske that this probably will get off the ground much better than Grace Autosport did. But you can imagine my skepticism. Not saying I don't want it to happen. I do want it to happen, but I'm nervous. I think Paretta was
0: was involved in something Dodge-related, and now it escaped me of what it was. And I I feel like there's a championship involved in that one. But also, yeah, the backing from Team Penske's it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. You don't yeah, Penske's not going to announce this and then not follow through. It's not right. the captain's way. And back when Grace Autosport was announced, it didn't. I had skepticism because, I was like, I don't remember a sponsor being. Yeah,
1: announced. they had the driver. They had Catherine yeah. Leg there. Yeah, they, but they brought didn't... in this was that was a crazy part. They brought in Peretta and they brought in Catherine Leg, and that was basically it. They was like, yeah. okay, we have a driver and. That's it, and I was like, okay. Do you have a rolling chassis? Do you have a? Do you have the finances in place to get yeah. sponsors? Do you have a, a a shop to work out of? You know, do you have all of these things to make this going? Not at the time. I think they said they didn't have anything at the time, and I was like, yeah, okay. So you're supposed to run next year, and you have a driver, and that's it. Yeah. You've signed your driver. That's that's it. Okay. I was like, okay, I nothing, nothing against Catherine. Her. She's a good driver, but yeah, that's it. It'll be different uh, this time
0: around. I expect to see them on the in the garage fighting for a position in May.
1: I mean, I'd like to see Catherine Leg come back, but I'm happier about Simona coming back. Simona's leg leg has has kind of had her time in, in open wheel, and I think she's having a good time running sports cars now. And I like watching her in sports cars. But Simona's still got fight in her to to run Indianapolis, and I think that's. I'm just happy about to see that. Uh, and then how about this? This is how about this. Rick Ware Racing is replacing Team Go as the co-entrant of Dale Coyne Racing in 2021. The team will field the number 51 Honda on a full-time basis with Roman Grosjean. Running 13 road and street course races for Dale Coyne Racing with the Rick Ware Racing in the number 51 Honda. Sponsors will be announced later. Rick Ware Racing also will field the number 52 on a part-time basis. So Rick Ware, let's get this. I, I want to... Uh, put things into perspective. Rick Ware has four NASCAR cars. I believe four charters, if I'm wrong. Maybe three. I can't remember. I think we have three charters. Well,
0: okay. Uh, he's got three charters. I'll look it up for you right now. I'll look it up.
1: You look on. up for me. This guy ran two cars, two uh, prototypes in the 24 Hours of Daytona last week. One with Austin Dillon, for some reason, who, by the way, went the wrong way on the racetrack during practice, which was fun. Um, I don't know if you saw that. If any, Josh, did you see that Austin doing the wrong way in Rolex 24? Pro- okay. Um, I did. And then, so they didn't do much. But uh, now they're expanding into IndyCar. Now they're expanding into IndyCar. So I do not know how much money Rick Ware has. But at some point, I've got to wonder, how much money is this guy making to break even and continue to field just dog crap cars? I I I mean I don't think his IndyCar rides are going to be that bad because Dale Coyne is usually pretty good with IndyCar cars, so I think Grosjean will have a better chance. But <laughs> this is just crazy. Okay, so he has four charters,
0: but one of them is the Petty Ware Racing charter that Petty jointly owns.
1: So he's with- leasing a charter or co-owned charter. Jointly owned,
0: but they take take it. It's one of those weird things. Like 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 even if you go like the Wikipedia, it lists it under petty wear racing in that, and that one is listed as the 51 car. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's how Bob Pockers put it once, but yes, they have th- four charters. One of them is the joint charter with, with Richard Petty motorsports.
1: This man is running four chartered NASCAR cup cars, an IndyCar car and a half and some prototypes. And I'll be, Damned if this guy's ever gonna get any of them to finish in the top twenty. Well, that old, Ross Chastain did last year at Daytona. Okay. No, no outside of a, a super speedway car. race. Was that a yeah. premium car or was that a? Was that I a was a, a premium car. car For Rick Ware, it was a four Rick yeah, Ware. I was gonna years. say. Oh man. Okay. And then how about this? So, <laughs> so we got the Rick Ware, and then this is a weird. So then. Uh, Santino Ferrucci went to NASCAR right? So he's not even doing IndyCar Ed Jones is replacing sure. him At coin So something must have happened with Ferrucci's Sponsors Not going to speculate Like to think and think Only think this is my thought It is based in no fact And I pre- preface that with it's No fact I like to think That sponsors decided When are you ever going to re- apologize for 2018 Never Okay, bye. But that's not what what really happened. Um, and then Ferrari has officially left the conversation of joining IndyCar as an engine supplier. So that's, that's all disappointing. Eh, it's not like I, I knew it wasn't gonna happen. I yeah, knew I it knew was, it was a high a high ask.
0: But when you have the budget cut, and I like I didn't I didn't understand like we're going to concentrate our efforts on for on Ferrari F1 team. Like, well, you can only throw so much money at it. Right, yeah. you can concentrate all the effort you want, but you can only throw, much, throw much, so much money at it. Why not spend it somewhere else? And um, IndyCar just seemed like a great spot for it. And they, I think they're gonna have a leg up on it with the new engine package, too.
1: But then, eh, well, you know, okay, with the new engine package, I'm sure. But hey, I'm there's a lot of people I'd like to see join the IndyCar fray again. I'd like to see Toyota back, I'd like yeah, to see Mercedes that. back. None of that's ever gonna happen. But you know, hey, I can dream. Um, a lot of people, everybody in their mom wants four. For saying, back. They the same budget cap that Ferrari's got in F1, just saying. Uh, exactly. Uh so anyway, uh moving on here to SRX racing. The full X the full six race schedule was announced in early January. The inaugural season will begin on June twelfth at Stafford, followed by a race at Knoxville on June nineteenth, Eldora on June twenty-sixth, Lucas Oil Raceway on July third, Slinger Raceway on July tenth, and will conclude at Nashville Fairgrounds on July 17th. So pretty good schedule. Again, those will be on Sunday. CBS Sports Network. Um, and if it ever happens, Formula E is moving to CBS Sports Network in case you forgot about that. Um, Marco Andretti, as we already said, is going to be joining SRX. Now for some broadcasting news. Uh, this is it crazy. Broke. This broke earlier. NBC announced that it will be shuttering its cable network, NBCSN, at the end of 2021. This affects their coverage of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA, also hockey, Rugby, Olympic sports, the Tour de France, and a bunch of others. Um, NBC confirmed that coverage of NASCAR races will begin a migration to USA Network, and not on the NBC broadcast network this season. When IndyCar and IMSA are not on their big uh, network, the potential holds for them is to be aired on Peacock, which would be really rough. You can't, you can't, you can't put IndyCar and IMSA races on Peacock
0: and expect That's to maintain not- your level of growth.
1: Yes, you can't. IndyCar and IMSA should not allow for that. Yeah. NASCAR and IndyCar should be looking straight at NBCSN and say, that's not okay. This is not okay. We cannot be relegated to Peacock. It's one thing. It's one thing to put this stuff, you know, I mean, we're talking about stuff that's pretty low in demand, usually gets shoved on ESPN Plus and in all of these streaming services, right? Except for like UEFA Champions League, which is for some reason on CBS All Access, and it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but anyway, uh, usually you put lesser desired or soccer leagues or stuff that needs to be aired and doesn't have like a bunch of broadcast windows. You need a bunch of broadcast windows, you know, like basketball games, tournaments like that hockey i would put under that uh, under that as well i think it, it would work out better to put hockey on peacock than it would to put motorsports on peacock because okay. what you're doing here is you're essentially alienating a whole large group there's a lot of people in sports cars and in IndyCar car fans right now that have no idea what peacock is or how to use it and i mean you are it's going to be alienating not that easy to use i'm sorry i can it's not on it's not on amazon fire tv i have a fire tv and peacock is not on fire tv I have a Roku that's too old to get Peacock. I have to buy a whole new Roku if I want to get. Yeah, have to no. get it
0: on. You have to get it on your phone. You have. You'd that's have the to only way going. I can
1: do it. I have it on my phone, and I try yeah. and airdrop it or cast it to my TV. And because it's a Fire TV, it won't let me play it, which is stupid. But the thing is, they have to. First of all, they have to get Peacock on Fire TV devices, because that's number one thing that's bothering me right now. But second of all, Peacock is not going to work if you keep if you force people to get it like i understand they're trying to force people to get it they've done this with the office like and i hey and by the way off is yeah, off yeah, go for that, it. yeah
0: go for it. Well, i was just gonna say like that's just a point in itself they hyped that up and i think they've undelivered on the office so when you already have people the office people who have bad mouth peacock doing that they're not off to a great start you yeah, know in no 2021 20, And now you have this movement, which I believe began last year. And I'm sure COVID only expedited this move. All right. Thank you. So. You got to make it more user friendly. I don't like some of the features and how many buttons I have to hit. If you it's like they're afraid to model it after how easy or after how easy Netflix is to use. Okay. Uh, Rob, I forget. Do you have Netflix? I have Netflix. I just don't use it. Okay. Netflix is super easy to me to use. Hulu is a little bit more complicated to use. But then Hulu has
1: the worst user interface I've ever used. I think it's better than Peacock. I won't lie. My favorite is HBO Max. I have uh, Hulu
0: on my tablet and then my television. It is easier to use than Peacock.
1: My favorite and... is HBO Max still because it, know, everything is arranged by genre and in alphabetical order. That's my favorite thing. You can get to anything. You could search genre or you could go – they have all of like – if you're just looking for like adult swim shows, you could click on that and it will show you every adult swim show they have. You just look at Cartoon Network shows. It will show you a Turner Classic Movies. You want to watch all of the Turner Classic Movies archive? You click on that. It gives you every single one that you have. I love that. Sorry, I, I love that part about HBO Max. I will hype up HBO Max as being better than Netflix to, like, die, but that's a different yeah. story. We're talking about Peacock. <laughs> uh, Xbox. I have to actually I have to turn on my Xbox and pull up Peacock in order to watch it, which is really annoying. Um, it's, it's inconvenient. It's not annoying. It's just inconvenient. But I just think this is really concerning for me because. But even then, too, Peacock. If you've ever used it, it has these live, like these live stream channels, mm-hmm. and I like that. I think that's what they should use. That's what they should utilize, especially when it's this, is because a lot of that is free, and you could put those channels, you know, in integrate. Like le- the reason why I use Fire TV, and I'm sorry, I don't want to get too far on a, on a rant about this, but the reason why I use Fire TV is because Fire TV has a live guide function. And what it does is it takes all of your subscribed content from like YouTube TV, from Philo, uh, Pluto TV, what have you, like any live streaming service, and it puts it all into one convenient guide. And you can favorite everything and put it all together and organize it how you like it. And that's what I love. Now, if Peacock comes to Fire TV, you're going to have to integrate that uh, into the live – you're going to have to integrate those live TV streams into the live guide. You do that. There's this NBC Sports channel that's on there that airs Dan Patrick and some reruns of, like, other shows. I miss watching Dan Patrick. If that happened, I would watch Dan Patrick a lot more again. Um, But that is something also that I would would say do that instead, you know. Put, like, IndyCar and IMSA not necessarily behind a paywall, but, like, put them kind of for free, I guess, out to people – who have an internet TV, you know, you say, okay, well, you can watch it with Peacock, uh, on, on the NBC sports channel. You know what I mean? That's, that's something. Yeah. Not saying it's going to happen, but it'd be cool. You can't ask people
0: also to pay more unless, you know, that's the goal pass, the goal passing. Here's the thing that worries me. And then I, and then this is my last sense. I'll, I'll say here is that when on the release that they said they're moving it to Peacock and it can be used for the premium edition. Mm hmm. What about premium plus, which I have, because I don't like to watch ads. I will pay the extra $5 to not okay. have ads. Okay?
1: So you paid the extra $5 because I only got the regular premium. I that's don't, all I, I was going to deal with.
0: Yeah, I don't deal with ads. Netflix spoiled me and ruined that for everyone, okay? I will. Pay I have this. no
1: problems with ads. I,
0: Everybody I, hates ads except me. I don't like ads in the beginning. I don't like them in the middle, okay? That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So what about that version? I get like I know ads. Well, there's ads are in live TV. Well, no duh. It's live TV. Okay, I, I understand that. And if you're too stupid to comprehend that as a consumer, it's literally how TV
1: is paid for is by ads.
0: Yeah, so you're watching something live, but if I'm watching a, re- a recording of it or like I'm watching The Office, yeah, I don't want to watch ads. But if I'm watching the Indie GP in May live, I understand I'm going to be watching ads because it's live and I'm getting the TV feed or however they do it. Like like, yeah. like when I watch the 519 on the app, It was weird because I get the same three commercials each commercial break, and then I was like in a dead space. Like your your program will resume shortly for like a minute and a half while the actual ads were playing. Okay,
1: so like instead of showing showing like the wild feed or whatever, like you know you go on YouTube or something, raw feeds or whatever, you know, and you hear what the announcers are saying in the commercial break and stuff like that. Instead of doing that, you just get a blank screen. Well, you get like or or like a a flash screen. Yeah, you, you get you the same
0: big commercials, and then you get like this thumbnail for a minute and a half. IndyCar logo, NTT, IndyCar logo, yeah. whatever. Your programming will resume shortly. It's dead air. There's nothing playing on. And then when the TV feed comes back, then that's when your feed comes back.
1: I think the only thing that I like about – I'm happy that NBC is moving gold content onto Peacock because it's just cheaper in general. Like gold was ridiculous. I just could not afford it. You had to buy it yearly. And unless you had that money to shell out right away, I mean, it was it was just not possible. Like for
0: my 50, I think
1: I, I think I paid like fifty some dollars or whatever for that. Yeah, yeah. It's about as much as a new video game. Like, no, if I, I have bills to pay, like I can't just pay fifty dollars to watch IndyCar practice. You know, be putting on Peacock, put practice, qualifying, and stuff like that on Peacock. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. That's more of an incentive for me. Um, but golly, I just can't imagine having to pay for Peacock to watch full races yeah. when you should be able... I mean, what? why is... We've, we've seen an IndyCar race on USA before. Why can't... If you're going to put a bunch that of stuff on USA, that, what's wrong with that?
0: That's the thing that confuses me a lot. It, which is, to me, like... And this is my last point, and before... You know, I'll let you say a thing before we move on. USA Network doesn't sound as, as as fancy even as the fictitious and fantasy world of NBC2. Just saying. Rename it. I don't like... NASCAR and in USA, IndyCon USA doesn't feel right. It feels patriotic, but it doesn't feel right in a sports sense.
1: USA should reboot Duckman. Who? That's all I'm gonna say about that. They should reboot Duckman. Great, okay. great show. Great animated cartoon. Star Jason Alexander as a duck playing a private eye. It's pretty, pretty funny, pretty nihilistic, like like 90s Rick and Morty nihilism. Okay. Okay, sure. NASCAR time because we're thirty minutes in. Holy cow! Ty Dillon's making the move to Toyota, at least on a partial basis. He's going to pilot Gaunt Brothers Racing Toyota in their joint attempt to make the Daytona Five Hundred. And uh, Dillon will drive for twenty three eleven Racing in the Bush Clash tomorrow. To give them practice, or today, or whatever, whenever you're listening to it, or probably you're listening to this on Friday or something, and he's already ran the Bush Clash, and you already know what happened, whatever. But uh, Dillon is going to is going to run uh, also in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing in the fifty four. Uh, at Daytona, Homestead, Las Vegas, and Talladega. Um, Love's Travel Center uh, are going back with Michael McDowell, so we get to see Lord knows how many more years of mediocrity out of Michael McDowell. Um, Kyle Larson will be sponsored by a Hendrick-branded company, Nation's Guard, in the season's first three races at Daytona, Daytona Road Course, and Homestead. Existing Hendrick partners, Freightliner, and Cincinnati Inc. have joined the number five team of Larson and will sponsor two to be determined races each. And I also saw earlier today, too, that he's running a Ricky Hendrick throwback for HendrickCars.com. Is that did you call that?
0: Yeah, the same car that uh William Byron ran the few races last year, I believe, mm-hmm. because Hertz had to drop out. Uh the same car. It's a Ricky, it's a, yeah, it's a Ricky Hendrick throwback to the GMC, GMAC cars. I do like Hendrix fan
1: cars.com. Um, All right, Justin Marks' Trackhouse Race team has made multiple new points recently. The team announced that iFly, Comsco, Pump It Up Party, and K1 Speed are sponsors for the 2021 season. And more recently, how about this? Grammy Award-winning singer Pitbull has become co-owner of Trackhouse Racing. I guess he just decided to buy into that. Uh, That's kind of cool. Um, co-owner of JTG Doherty awesome. Racing, Brad Doherty confirmed to Bob Pocarus that the uh, number 37 team of Ryan Priest will operate as an open team in 2021, as the charger that it had in previous seasons is now controlled by Spire Motorsports. The team currently has funding for 24 races, but will run the full season only if f- funding is found. So that is, yikes, on that front. ThorSport Racing announced randomly that yeah. they will operate under Toyota, the Toyota umbrella, and I say this randomly because. I am sad about what I'm about to say here, uh, that Matt Crafton, Johnny Sauter, and Ben Rhodes will return to the team in full-time capacities. No issues with Crafton or Rhodes. Why the heck do we have to have Sauter again? The, dude's, the, the dude is just peaked and he's angry all the time. Like He's always angry. He's like Kurt Busch in 2011. The dude is always angry. He can't not be angry. But then the worst part about this is, is they're going to split the 98 between Christian Eckes and Grant Infinger, who I argue deserve full-time rides of their own.
0: I think I saw where Champion Power Yikes. Equipment scaled back from 11 power to 7 races, and that was okay. why. Okay,
1: well, with Denny Hamlin and FedEx have both signed extensions with Go- Joe Gibbs Racing, and now Denny Hamlin's got a whole new sponsor now. Well, what is it now? Uh, Shop of There's something? Offerpad.
0: Offerpad. Offerpad listeners to the uh dirty mo media podcast door bumper
1: clear are familiar with this yes that's great it's gonna be weird seeing a non-fedex sponsored number 11 car i don't think i've seen that in a while outside of maybe a sports clips it's been a long uh uh, sports clips once or twice the past few seasons maybe i don't remember hamlin running uh not non-fedex sponsored car before so And then how about this? This was weird to report today. Uh, Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal reports that approximately 10 groups are exploring the opportunity to buy NASCAR charters. So this uh, phony piece of paper nonsense garbage that uh, good old-fashioned Rob Kaufman thought up years ago is paying off for NASCAR. All right, that's it for the news. That's it for the news, and that's it for my opining. It's time we get into the featured paint scheme. I think so, Josh.
0: Yeah, I think it's time. It's that time of the year we've seen some new paint schemes from a variety of series. Formula 1's yeah, got a few of new them aren't cars out now later of them this month though. or like early uh, March, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then IndyCar, seen a few of those. Uh, but and also NASCAR we've seen a lot because obviously they're starting this week. So, I thought favorite new paint 2021. This was hard wow, cuz I I
1: as your feature painting well, did it, uh, it didn't just have to be NASCAR, did it? Oh, come on. Why didn't I know that? No, didn't Scott, just have to be NASCAR, I'm NASCAR. changing didn't, mine. I'm right, changing mine. Me? I like this one, but I'm changing mine. Now. I I thought it I thought it had to be NASCAR because <laughs> you picked the NASCAR guy. I thought it had to be NASCAR. Okay. Uh Scott McLaughlin's no. PPG car is absolutely beautiful. It it literally makes me feel things that, uh, that like humans can't. And um I am just really happy to see that car. That is the most beautiful paint scheme I've ever seen in a race car. Uh, probably since that same paint scheme was on a NASCAR for Ryan Blaney. Um, that PPG scheme is beautiful. They just took the Ryan Blaney NASCAR scheme, put it on an car, and for some reason it looks even better. I mean, yes. holy cow. That's my favorite new one. Like, that's my favorite one. I mean, the one that I picked is good, but that's my favorite. one. Okay, fine. Uh, the NASCAR Go ahead and share it. is kind of like Bass Pro Work Shop, caring. Black Rifle Coffee for '96 uh, for Gaunt Brothers Racing. Now, and I say this because compared to his brothers and Martin Truex, Bass Pro Shop scheme, uh, this one wins because of the camo. Uh, because I think if you put in, the, uh, and don't get me wrong, Austin Dillon has this mm-hmm. flat black and orange kind of thing, and that's all cool and fine. That's you got that going. That's good, but it looks so bare without con- contigs on the car. You know what I mean? There's no contingencies uh, logos on it, so it looks really bare. This. This looks nice. Like this looks good. You have the camo, you have the orange, you have the, the it's just it is beautiful. You have the black too, and in addition to the orange, it's it's beautiful. Now the one that you picked, though, is is my second favorite. My main favorite NASCAR one. That was my second one, because this one was my favorite. Definitely. I had work. a feeling
0: I might have been stealing yours. I kinda like should I've
1: let him pick.
0: Yeah, I should I should have let <laughs> you pick first. I'm going with Daniel Suarez's Comscope 99 for track house racing. Holy cow. When I saw this car, I'm like instantly brightens up the track, man. Um so it's got you know it's got the black over the top, it's got the sides, uh mix of greens, blues, reds, and oranges. It just looks awesome. Cannot wait to see it. I think it's only got like four or six races this year. But when it does race. Who's ever spotting the ninety the ninety nine is going to have an easy time picking it out on the track wherever it's at. It's an awesome looking car. Um, all right, so let's catch up on this month's winners, Rob. Why don't you tell everyone about uh, who Yo, won we that over have the past month? Since we did uh, our not New very special. much,
1: but we did have racing. The Chili Bowl happened over the over the of our break, I guess. And Kyle Larson is now back to back champion. About that, so how about that? Kyle Larson starting off twenty twenty one. Very, very good way to start off 2021. Um then we have twenty four hours of Daytona. Uh the overall was run by the DPI was uh Wayne Taylor Racing, Felipe Albuquerque, Helio Castroneves, Alexander Rossi, and Ricky Taylor. Uh that was really rad actually because the uh Wayne Taylor team won with Ricky in the in the car. And then uh I'll get I'll skip ahead, I guess, a little bit here. Uh, because Jordan Taylor won in GTLM. So it was a family affair. Again, the Taylors winning it uh at 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 Daytona. It just it always happens. Anyway, in LMP two, Era Motorsport yeah. of Paul Lou Ryan yeah. Dial, Dwight Merriman, and Kyle Tilley won. Uh LMP three, Riley Motorsports, Scott A- Andrews, Oliver Askew, Spencer Piggott, and Gar Robinson won that one. I already mentioned uh GTLM was won by Corvette Racing and Jordan Taylor, but also Antonio Garcia and Nicky Katzberg won that race. How about Garcia? That Garcia um Covid thing. He had a Covid positive test come back to him during the race, and they took him out of the car because he was positive. Yeah, and then he reveals like after the race, it was a false positive. How about that for how'd you like that for a a crazy day of crazy Daytona? You're like they pull you out of the car. That was like in basketball. They said Kevin Durant. They pulled him from the start because he had a. I don't know if you heard about this, Josh, but they pulled Kevin Durant from one of the games. He he, they didn't let him start because of a test. and then they had another one come back inconclusive, so they let him go play. Uh, they they retested him again, and then they pulled him out again. Like they pulled him out again, and he he wasn't allowed to play the rest of the game. So he came in. He came in off the bench, played maybe about five minutes or whatever, and then they pulled him again out of the out of the game. COVID testing is weird. I don't know how they do it. Okay. It's, it's like contract. It's like contact tracing, and then false positives and all this other stuff. It's it's crazy. It's not a we. It's not a fun world to live in. Um. So, but yeah. So Antonio Garcia had kind of a similar situation to that, where he was like, "Wait a minute, I can race the race." No, I can't now. But then, it, it, that's the th- that's the thing that was worse is he just got in the car. Now, if he's positive for COVID, anybody else who sits in that car is going to get COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it has a potential. Yeah, that's just lovely. Um. Uh. And then in GTD, the HTP Windward Motorsport yeah. Indy Dante. Uh, Philip Ellis, Marrow Engel, and Russell Ward won uh, in class. Um, moving on from the World H24, uh, we actually had the New Zealand Grand Prix. Uh, that was one. Actually, this was a really good race if you didn't get a chance to watch the New Zealand Grand Prix. Um, Toyota Racing Series over there in New Zealand is really fun. Um, so is S5000 in Australia. Those, those are really cool summer sports to watch. A little sprint race, but they're like... It's like New Zealand and, and Australian IndyCar. They kind of run – S5000 more like Australian IndyCar because they don't run like a F3 chassis like the Toyota Racing Series does. But uh, that was really good. But New Zealand Grand Prix, Shane Van Gisbergen won. Uh, the Bathurst 100 winner from this year comes around and hops himself in an open-wheeled car and, and, and goes out there and wins. And he beat Andre Heimgardner, his fellow supercar's uh, uh, rival, I guess I should say, or – I don't think they're really rivals, but they race against each other on track. So that was pretty cool to see some supercars guys mix it up with, uh, you know, regular open-wheel New Zealand guys. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then World of Outlaws was at Velusa Speedway. Uh, February 5th, Brad Sweet One, And February 7th, Logan Tukart. I, I got to help you with this. I, I don't I don't follow World of Outlaws as intensely as you I follow are. USAC. So that's you my are. biggest problem. Okay, so that's it for catching up on winners. Let's uh, move into the next segment All right, here. What well- do we got, Josh?
0: we're just going to preview kind of go through the changes of the year, maybe dabble on our opinions a little bit of, of what, uh, what's changing, what you can look forward to. So first off, we obviously have the change that Rob has repeatedly said in the, in recent, since just became news, how much he loves it. It's no longer the Gander RV and outdoor truck series. It's the camping world truck series. He's very excited about that. Um, nice Motorsports. Completely new look here, Rob. Um, you're going to have Ryan Truex in the 40, Carson Hosevar in the 42, and then Brett Moffitt makes a jump from GMS Racing to Nice. He's in the 45. All those guys will compete for the championship. Brett Moffitt's name will come up later. The 44 car is also going to have a, a mixture of names. We haven't heard who that is yet, but um, veterans and rookies will be in that one. That's kind of an interesting lineup. Ryan Truex getting in another shot at a full-time truck ride and obviously Brett Moffat. I don't care where he, what he's in. I think he's going to do good. I mean, he, he outperformed the hour motorsports car, I think last year to what people's expectations were. Uh, DGR Crosley essentially becomes David Gill and racing in the truck series. Haley Deegan's going to be in the one. I didn't expect the number one to come out. I thought it was going to be the 17. Um, and then Tanner Gray are in the 15 and full-time efforts. ThorSport, as you mentioned, Switches from Ford to Toyota, and you said, you know, Matt Crafton, Sauter, Ben Rhodes are the full-time drivers. Grant Infinger and Christian Eckes will split the 98. Definitely disappointing because Grant Infinger won the
1: won the regular season Definitely had a career year Two last year. Two years ago or last year. Two years ago, right? Two yeah. Ago. So, so, again, again didn't he win the championship? Season? Yeah. Did he, did he, he almost won the championship
0: he didn't win the championship he ran he won the regular season championship in 19 but he didn't have a race win okay that and he was out in the first round so yeah and i think you know now with the toyota i don't know what the 51's doing in the 51 car for kbms usually kyle bush in development drivers but come on man let's get grant aimfinger in some races and and in that car, and at least try to fill out his schedule a little bit. Because here's a guy who he's I think, he really, honestly, loves times the and he potential
1: to do it. Uh,
0: I think, yeah, he last year was a great year. Now he's with Toyota. Arguably, they'll, I think, they'll have more resources. Though mm. they were the only, they were the big Ford team last for the past few years. Anyways, I digress. Uh, speaking of Kyle Busch Motorsports, as everyone knows, John Harneymachek. And Chandler Smith are taking over the rides there. So a second year in a row, they've made a clean sweep of who's in behind the wheel of their primary trucks. Um Kyle Bush announced I didn't make the change here uh I where he's racing, that. but he is racing five. I know truck Richmond races is one year. of them. I know Richmond know is one of them. I can't remember what because of course. Yeah, okay, Richmond. Okay. He's kinda got a he's got a really hmm. limited selection because he can't race in the in the seven playoff races and he can't race in the three trip races. So there goes 10 races. uh, Oh, and he can't race in the regular season finale race either. So he has only 10 options, 10 races he can race at option-wise. So that, um, he was pretty limited. GMS Racing returned Sheldon Creed, Zane Smith, and Tyler Anker as full-time drivers. Um, But they add Chase Purdy, who is basically um, Moffitt's replacement and then Rafael Assard, who was originally part-time, but now has been up to full-time. So there's the quintet of full-time drivers. Five, five for people who don't know what quintet is, for uh, GMS. Going to be exciting to watch GMS. that there. And then Timothy Peters. Everyone's very excited about this. I, this is awesome. Um, new team, Rackley, uh, W.A.R. In, in the 25 Chevrolet. Um, I believe they're a late model team moving up uh, to the truck series. That is exciting. Cause it kind of reminds me of yep. uh, all those yep. West coast teams that created the truck series back in
1: the well, day. Especially and, when uh, you still have Bill McAnally out there so. too. Um, I, I, that's what's, that's, what's really even cooler. And, and exactly. I, I guess to a lesser extent, David Gilliland racing has been, uh, in Arca East and, and in Arca for a while too. So that, that, and I don't know, if, or Arca West yeah. too. I don't know if you can count that as a West coast team, but definitely you're right. I like, I, I think you're right. I like that a lot. I think it's, it's really great to see.
0: And I do know that the Mac team is going to be fielding a second car part time, a truck part time this year. No, I don't think I I I don't think I added that in here. Did I, I did not, but I did see that. So I wanted to kind of note here. I, here's my perspective, Rob, you can disagree. Add, add, if you want, here's who I think who are the, the, the championship contending teams, not necessarily underdogs, but championship contending teams. So GMS has five, Nice has three. I think that might be a slight bit of a stretch, but I I think the Moffitt makes a difference there. David Gillen. That's not even a question. Yeah. David Gillen racing two again, a little bit of a stretch, but I think the potential is there for them to at least make the playoffs. I'm not as confident as you
1: are about Uh, the DGR guys. I'm so glad you disagree. I'm so
0: glad you disagree. But that, that, yeah, thank you. Halmar Friesen. Uh, with with Austin um, Stewart-Friesen. Oh, uh, I'm Hattori, afraid of Austin, Austin Hill. Hill. I'm still afraid. Uh, if I have GKBM another driver, Berg.
1: I'm afraid of Austin Hill because I'm going to count oh. him out every race, and then he's going to come out and win.
0: That's exactly what he did yeah. Like in uh, in 19, and then 20 just came back out of a cannon and I think was sur- surely disappointed in, in last year. And then you have uh, the McAnally-Hilderman uh, uh, entry of Derek Krause. And then the three full-time teams for Thor sports. So it's like, you know, 19, 15 to 19 trucks for 10 playoff spots. I think that's awesome. Just to, to see that. So that's, that, that's what I want to run down there onto the Xfinity series. Uh, this one kind of came out of left field. Literally Scott Porchetta says, Hey, I want to create an Xfinity, uh, team, big machine racing team. All right. This is awesome but he's, he's going to have Jay Buford pilot, the number 48 Chevrolet starting at the Daytona road course. Originally it was going to be the full 33 races, but it wasn't cleared to race at Daytona, the big track. So Danny bone will be in that, in that car. Then late in the season to maybe get one of the, uh, more experienced drivers. So maybe 2022 we'll see what happens there, but I'm interested to see this. is going to be a team we're going to watch closely for sure. um, this season to see
1: because
0: mm-hmm. it is late in the game, you know. When they made that announcement. Uh, JD Motorsports Field, four full time drivers in 2021. Yeah, Jeffrey Aaron Hart's in the zero. landing Castle, this one made me so happy. Landon Castle's in the four. Uh, Ryan Vargas is in the six, and Colby Howard's in the 15. Um, see, I think the, the four I can't remember who's in the four last year. I feel like the four, the six was really the only. No, I, don't think I just love this JD, JD Motorsports. Lineup now that I think in about general. it.
1: I love what Johnny Davis does for a lot of these drivers, especially weird. people like Jeffrey Earnhardt, Landon Castle, Ryan Vargas, guys who have shown that they can compete at high levels before, but just haven't had opportunities really to show, show it all that often.
0: And, you know, when you look at a place like a road course, there's so much more of them this year. And then, you know, your Daytonas and even your short tracks. They have an opportunity here to maybe steal a win in a playoff spot. So that'll be fun to watch. Junior Motorsports, the all-star number eight, will be driven by Josh Berry in 12 races. That was announced last year. How Miguel about Paluto that? Where did three, brand sponsorship. What has Miguel Paluto route? been
1: doing? Like, where where has he been? And now he comes back know. suddenly. I'm just glad to see him. I'm happy he's back too, but where's he been? I've missed him. That's Everybody's all. missed him.
0: Yeah, Earnhardt Jr. will be in in one race. It's I'm thinking it's going to be Martinsville in May, uh, or April, whatever it is now, because Jr. was really keen on watching the Martinsville, Martinsville race last are, fall for the Xfinity series. I feel series. like that would be really a fun race about for that. I think it's going it to
1: Mar- probably would be like 300 miles, 300 laps or something, maybe 250. Probably wouldn't be that intense, but it would still be pretty fun to race. I uh, get, I would, I would imagine. And
0: it's not right. championship
1: deciding, like right. racing a
0: Martinsville in november october would that's a big that's a big selling point also and then sam mayer will take over in the latter half of the season when he turns 18 in 17 races jordan anderson this one kind of shocked me didn't expect this one because i thought he loved truck racing he's still going to be in the truck series he won't be racing full-time there he will field the three truck full-time but he's right going to be racing in the
1: 31 xfinity share uh, full-time throwback number gave me uh, a very very strong um Turner Motorsports vibes. Big fan of that. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. So excited to see him. He's just an awesome story to follow. Underdog, you want to? You just want to cheer for an underdog, cheer for Jordan Anderson. Myatt Snyder will be driving the 2 for Richard Childress Racing full-time. We discussed that. No word on a, on a part-time entry for, for RCR, though. Our Motorsports will field two cars. Brett Moffitt will be in the 0-2 full-time, but won't be for the Xfinity Championship. He's going for the truck. Um, the number three will have Tyler Reddick in the car at Daytona and Andy Lally at the Daytona road course. Other drivers will uh, be announced later. Kala Gracing, who expanded to two cars in 2020, expands to three in 2021. Justin Haley returns to the 11. Jeb Burton replaces Ross Chastain in the 10 and AJ Almanegar will commandeer the 16 full time. Um, and Ross Chastain may run a fourth car in part in, in, in select races. College racing, uh, going for it here. Uh, they had they met their goal that Chris Rice set out last year for five wins. Haven't heard I haven't heard a goal yet this year. What they if they if they set a goal? I'm not saying they have to, but it's this going to be a fun trio of drivers to watch full time, and just a team in general to watch. Um, Ford maintains Austin Sindrick and at Team Penske. They add Riley Herbs with Stuart Haas Racing, but. They add RSS Racing, who switches from Chevrolet to Ford with Ryan C grinning full time once again. Yep. Um, and he made the playoffs last year in that and in, in a car there. I kind of thought it, RCR, look at them, give them more effort to, you know, a- expansion on your technical alliance there. But Ford, I mean, it had to offer them money here. Here's more money for you. We, and they want to boost up their numbers. They like what Ryan Sieg does at the at the plate tracks, and that's where Ford maybe struggles a little bit more because they're obviously down on the count with numbers.
1: Ford Who needs more. Here, Ford, Ford is, needs a bigger presence. Well, kind of the, again in the lower divisions to begin with. So I think anytime anytime you can get the field away it. from being seventy five percent Chevrolets, I'm happy.
0: There you go. Joe Gibbs racing brings back Harrison Burton, Brandon Jones, full-time drivers, but Daniel Hamrick replaces Riley Herbst in the 18. The 54 will be run full-time. They they hope to run it full-time in all 33 races. Ty Dillon, Ty Gibbs, Kyle Busch have races already picked out, and then Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex are expected to fill out some races. I won't be surprised if Christopher Bell gets some races in there too, and you never know if there's a truck driver like John Hunter Nemechek. Could get the could get a chance in the 54 car. You, you know, that's speculation. It's all speculation there. And then Sam Hunt Racing looks to run the full <laughs> 2021 season, which includes Santino Ferrucci in 20 races, Chris Wright in seven, and uh, Brandon Godovic in the remaining six. So there's Sam Hunt Racing with Toyota, a uh, little bit of Toyota backing there. So I said prospective championship team for the trucks. Here's mine for the uh, Xfinity, the 3GRM. Full time drivers: Anet, Allgaier, Gregson, Colleague, Jeb Burton, Haley, Almaninger, RCR with Snyder, RSS Racing with Sieg. That's a little I'm not going to put it out of there. The,
1: I, especially it's, considering the fact if one of these guys, if one of these guys that you've listed here underperforms, Sieg gets Sieg gets in 100. percent
0: I think so too. Stuart Haas with Herps. Team Penske with Sendrick, Gibbs with Hemrick, Brandon Jones hey, and Harrison Burton. That's thirteen. Obviously, I, I mentioned JD Motorsports. They so have a two, three drivers there. That if they have a good race at a, at a you know, an kind of out of the park win at Daytona, Talladega, uh, or uh, oh, that's right, I think they're going to Talladega twice this year. So they're going to have they're going to have three opportunities before the uh, or, uh well, the, well the yeah. So they got so they have the three uh super speedway races in the regular season, they have all those road courses and the short tracks. JD Marsh might be able to sneak out a winner. who knows? And then again, you know, the Xfinity series best just always ever. provides like, whoa, where'd this guy come from to finish third? You never That's know car one an event, that there. third becomes a first. It's in the Xfinity so the series, series. I'm
1: sorry. Like just, yeah. just I'm excited for Saturday because it's true. Best, best racing is the Xfinity series.
0: It is. It is. We, how many times did we say that last year? So the Cup Series, all this stuff might just be review, again, as of before, but Ross Chastain's going to the 42 in Chip Ganassi Racing. Kyle Larson moves to Andrew Motorsports. What was the 88? And Alex Bowman moves to the 48, uh, replacing seven-time Jimmy Johnson. JTT DeWater retains Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ryan Priest, but Stenhouse holds the only team's sh- uh, charter, and Priest will run the whole season if funding can be found. Eric Jones takes over with the forty three, which, by the way, that Armoral scheme all orange, orange looks an orange slick. Forty
1: three uh, for RPM. but I'm pretty sure they're going to run the Petty blue a little bit more often too, so you, I, it won't be that bad. I'm sure.
0: You thought the Eckridge green was weird to see with Eric Armoral, now the Armoral yeah orange. That's definitely that's 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 like throw back Ooh. to Lance Snacks no, 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 back no, no. in let's the nineties. Let's go. 90s. Let's go a little. There bit you under go. Under I reached into the
1: more recent and go tony stewart's armor roll uh cars that he raced in the uh, nationwide bush series back uh, like at daytona yeah like um yeah the 20
0: the toyota mm-hmm. like that last that only in 08 yeah that's okay, what i'm yeah. digging that one is a that's little, that's, that's, yeah. that's the car there i like to dude, think about <laughs> throwback <laughs> throwback idea throwing it out there so Spire Motorsports expands to two full-time teams. They wanted to have two full-time drivers, but only going to have one. That's Coriola LaJoy. And the other the 77 car will be split amongst uh, a number of drivers, starting with Jamie McMurray at Daytona. His son's reaction to the him telling him, "Hey, by the way, your dad's racing in the Daytona 500." was gold. That right there is worth it. I don't I don't want him to finish last, but Jamie McMurray finishes last. His son's reaction was enough for me. Uh Trackhouse Racing
1: debuts Daniel Swars behind Still the wheel. Still waiting of for my Chevrolet. orange. RS all those cars
0: look good, by the way. I
1: picked the comp. I'm just that's all I want. Please give me one sure. orange R S scheme. You gave it to me last year at Darlington. And I just want to say that it made my heart very warm. But if I could have one, a beautiful track house design scheme with Ris orange, I would be so happy. I mean, I don't even care if you put white on there. Like just give me an RS orange paint scheme. That'd be great.
0: Rob's May's declaration. Let's hope it happens. Front Row Motorsports has hired Anthony Alfredo to replace John Hunter Nemechek in the thirty-eight. Uh, so that that he's going to be a rookie this year. Uh, Lift Fast Motorsports, with ownership from BJ McLeod and Matt Tiff, debuts. BJ McLeod will be serving as the team's driver as well. Stuart House Racing's only change as Chase Briscoe moves to the Cup Series, taking over the fourteen from Clint Boyer, who moves to the Fox Sports booth. That's <laughs> going to be exciting. That, that commercial, that, that Fox. That, with with the elevator, I'm like. Really? First off, I've ridden in that elevator, so that kind of like, ooh, I've been there. Yes, I, ooh, I've been there. And uh, this the whole uh, running up the staircase deal. I'm like, oh, I've been there. I haven't been up the stairs. When they go up the stairs, about I, I was uh, about that was like at Motor where, Speedway. Where it was, but didn't know that. I
1: kind of had an idea. I,
0: yeah, yeah. I love the whole. Still uh, trying
1: to catch. Me. Ooh, hey. I, w- I love to catch that. Me. I showed. That I showed my fiance that video of, of of um of him face of of when Clint Boyer chased down Jeff Gordon uh, at, at Phoenix in 2012. I was, mm-hmm. right. she was like, "Why is why did Jeff do that?" She was all hung up on why Gordon did that, and I was like, "You know what? I don't know either. I really don't know."
0: He was mad. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm sure he. He
1: obviously. I'm sure. How I'm come sure. Clint Boyer always um, but ends not up Jeff with Jeff Gordon? Fan. i will go there. I go with. There. Like he ended. He called Michael Waltrip the worst driver in NASCAR, Then he ends up driving for Michael Waltrip. Now he fights with Jeff Gordon. He has his rivalry. Jeff Gordon. Now he's sure. co-workers with Jeff Gordon. He attempted to fight Jeff Gordon. He tried. Yeah, well, Gordon.
0: he attempted to fight. Gordon, Jeff Gordon fought
1: him better than he. I don't know. Gordon wrecked him. So my point is, Clint Boyer always ends up. Working with or yeah. for people that he's called terrible people in the past.
0: <laughs> I just think <laughs> it's a great lesson: forgiveness. Second, is forgiveness. That's the lesson in this podcast, right there. All right, but I'm excited for that trio in the booth. I think it's going to be fun to see that. Uh, Bubba Wallace has reunited with Toyota and with the new Michael Jordan, Jenny Hamlin racing yeah, who team. Who didn't know that? Twenty three eleven. Racing, I didn't know all that. Were, all
1: that one. Live, I was gonna say, you're living under a rock. I don't know, but know I just that. felt Add like we re-
0: next one. It. Yeah, and Christopher Bell takes over the racing, uh, 20 car for Jokers Racing. Uh, the New York Racing I, NY I Racing team is in New York or NY it's, Racing? It's, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna create NY Racing. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't know that. Um, but they announced in early January that, uh, owned by uh, owner. John Cohen, he plans on running the full season, but they just said they're not going to be at Daytona. Um, you know, I don't – obviously, you mentioned them earlier. I don't want to – don't know anything. I don't want to speculate too hard. But, you know, when you have 44 cars already there, um, maybe try to go for a race set There's not – Because
1: there will be plenty of those. Yeah, just,
0: me. you know, let's, let's make the trip worth it. Yeah, the, Yeah, let's make the trip worth it, I'm sure. Um, isn't this guy that's still maybe like part of the, the, the guy the from team behind the xxx extreme? To... I know this team used to be this or the lineage of right. this team, you know? We, you know, like how uh, uh, was Jaguar, yeah, Red Bull used to be oh crap, Jaguar, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the, the lineage. That, I don't know, know that for sure.
1: get their holler uh, stolen before race a race? And then they were never heard from again after that? No, but it happened I know my Team Harman XX had Extreme stolen. before. Where they had entered a race, and they were at the hotel, and someone carjacked their, their hauler. And, and then, like, abandoned it, like, several miles up the road. They just found it. Like, someone stole it, took it for a joyride, and then... I don't remember that. Just abandoned the truck off the side of the road or something. I feel like I remember that. I damn. I know it's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened before. I remember I it was like that,
0: but I don't remember who. And it then was. let's
1: never forget that that disastrous yeah. Daytona 500 qualifying session where they tried to have group qualifying and Reed Sorenson ran out there with basically a parachute in the back of his car and wrecked half the field. Clint Boyer, just, yeah. And we got an awesome Clint Boyer sound. But it always there. comes back to Clint Boyer. So we brought, so brought it all back to Clint, Clint Boyer. We brought it all now, uh, Another Clint Boyer enemy that's coming back. Oh, by the way, let's give a shout out to Jamie Little. She will be the first mm-hmm.
0: female play-by-play broadcaster in motorsports in the United States for the ARCA series. Uh, so give that a watch. I hope it's not single file uh, When it's crap. on FS1 this year. Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to be I single know, file well, crap, yeah. but it's going to be yeah. nice to hear Jamie Little talk. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah.
0: she'll bring some new and interesting stories, I'm sure, to the to the booth. And again, I will get on my soapbox just for a moment and say, why didn't we unify all three with Divisions? And I call it Grace. I would hope I it's Phil who Parsons. our partners probably.
1: Phil Parsons. I like got, that. That I don't Jimmy think he ever gets Phil a chance Parsons. to tell him It's very him unconventional, though. but I feel like that could work for some reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry.
1: All right, for the third third, third try here, color racing <laughs> plans oh. to
0: run the super speedway and road courses races this year in the Cup Series. Um, again, they're trying to maybe go full time racing in the Cup Series in 2022. Probably one of those 10 groups trying to find a charter um, that you mentioned with Adam Stern. Uh, Kaz Grala will attempt to qualify for the Daytona 500 in the 16 while AJ Allmendinger will be behind that car at the Daytona road course. That's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. Gaunt brothers racing will be at Daytona with Ty Dillon. As you mentioned, it's a consensus that that's, this team has scaled back uh, to part-time once again in 2021, but I did see today well they will be at the Daytona road course with Ty Dillon as well. All right. That's the preview. Lot to kind of review and cover there. It's going to be a fun weekend of races, uh, starting, you know, we're, 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 we're recording this on Monday. The clash is happening when we're going to be hopefully releasing this. So it's going to be a fun six days of, 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 of on track time. So let's all, let's all just be glad the 2021 season is getting going on to upshift downshift. Everyone's favorite segment, our favorite segment. Hopefully we have some disagreement here. If you're new to the podcast, well, let's review. If you're familiar, you know what's going to happen here. But if you're new, upshift means we agree. Downshift means you disagree. You can throw it in the neutral. You can upshift hard. You can upshift soft. You can downshift hard or you can downshift soft. You know, there's really no way. You can even throw it into a fictitious 10th gear if you want, just if you're that passionate about it. um But Today we have all sorts of news deals, but we can also have hypotheticals in this segment as well, based off of something that's happened in the recent news. So with, with that, let's get started here. Um, has seen the images of the work and transferna- transformation of Bristol Motor Speedway into a dirt track increase your optimism for the races set to take place there in uh, March? Uh, no. Do you upshift I, or downshift?
1: downshift? actually. It hasn't increased my optimism for it at all. Um I'm still concerned about whether or not this will be a good race and whether or not Bristol on dirt can produce a good show with this type of car. I just think it's going to be I mean this is just such an odd decision still. Like I am I'm am, I'm 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 it's like a morbid curiosity. I want to see it's I don't even know how to describe this without, like, saying something that's completely outlandish and flippant. But it's like watching something and being like, okay, if it's a colossal failure, that's cool. If it's not, that's also cool, you know? Like, I don't know if this is going to be a complete failure and blow up in NASCAR's faces, or if this is going to blow my expectations out of the water and actually entertain me. I haven't quite decided on how this is going to be. I'm really concerned... I know that I, they released some images or, or said some details about how the cars are going to be set up in that, you know, they probably weren't going to have a front splitter, and they were going to raise the front of the car up a little bit. Like That could help. That could help. But I'm still concerned that these Gen 6 cars will not race well on dirt. That is my ma- major concern. I think the trucks proved they can do it well. I think Knoxville should be a great, great show for the trucks. But – I just am still having a hard time believing that this cup race at Bristol on dirt will be anything more than a one off experiment.
0: First off, I will also preface this that, well, yeah, I have failed as I. How did I forget this? As I wrote this question, read the Tony Stewart story oh, I forgot about, about uh, kind of the yeah. recap about how he kind of said, oh, I. I don't, oh, I, I'm not going to get a cup race or a truck race. Okay. We're not going to, I'm tearing up the contract. That is, that is, that is peak Tony Stewart. Okay. So I can't wait for Tony Stewart to be at this race and that gif of the guy walking up behind people and like slinging open the, uh, the lawn chair and sitting down. That's what Tony Stewart's going to do on top of the holler. Hey, you yeah, know, would right be a better
1: show. Probably. Um, I, has the-
0: it. I agree. I agree, especially when you have already the experience kind of getting it done. I'm neutral. My optimism has grown a little bit. I can't agree. I like the effort and the seemingly um, step-by-step process that they have shown. I've grown a little bit, but I'm neutral on it. I Again, I think I'm like you. I'm like, if it works out, great. You know what? You swung at a, you were blindfolded How and, you swung does at that happen? and you hit a home run. Exactly. And that's kind of my worry. I'm like,
1: I, it's awesome to see Cup oh, cars going Bristol, back to Bristol, And we have so many you know, other years. great tracks. I don't I, mean, I understand. They're not like, not all of them are as accustomed that, to I, host I, I, a NASCAR event like Bristol is. But again, if you could make something like Eldora work, who's to say you couldn't make? an actual dirt track work instead of having to bring, take Bristol and make it a dirt track when Bristol already was exciting as it is. And it has been pretty good. It's put on pretty good races for the past couple of years, despite all the issues with the gen six, the bottom line having like, I I said this, I've said this a lot is that, that, that PJ one being at Bristol is good everywhere else. No at Bristol. Yes. And it's, it's proven that, but now they're going to dirt. It's like, but we just we just fixed the racing at Bristol that everybody's wanted to fix for years and now we put the race on dirt. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I the one thing I'll also say is that you know I was I was wrong about the Roval. Maybe I'll be wrong about the dirt. Yeah, I didn't I'm still have any issues the with the roval here. when Again, it was announced. Either. I don't know what the So we'll see. Um, we'll see that that's, that's, that's my like official statement. Like we'll if they were like, what's your opinion? About? We'll see. Um, general motors announced its intentions to eliminate production of gasoline and diesel diesel automobiles and to only produce electric vehicles by 2035. Should auto racing sanctioning bodies start preparing how this will affect the sport. They
1: have to start preparing. They have to upshift because I mean, this is the thing is like it or not. And, and believe me, I don't, exactly like this i think the goals that they're placing in mind are a bit too lofty i think i'm all for the idea of going to greener uh, greener and and greener energy and, and and efficiency and all that stuff i'm all for that don't get me wrong but this is what i'm concerned about is that's 15 years i mean or where i mean i think you mentioned it on twitter and i i thought it was a good point is where is the infrastructure for all of this how are we going? I mean, we are going to. If we're going to charge these cars, we need to quickly come up with a way to make sure that we're not polluting the air even worse by creating more coal power plants or more oil power plants, things like that, in order to power all these cars. Like until you have, you know, a solid, a solid infrastructure of solar power or wind power or things that aren't natural gas related and necessary. I just don't think this is feasible right now. Now, I don't know what 15 years in the future is going to be. Will we have the infrastructure to actually go through and do that? Maybe. Maybe in 15 years, there's a solar panel farm on every block. I don't know. But right now, that's not the case. So it seems very far-fetched and crazy to even contemplate that. But then adding on how are motorsports going to con- – how are going to they going to deal with this – holy cow, they should be worried. They need to, I mean, racing bodies need to be, we need to be ready for the next 15, 20 years of just straight-up change that's going to be happening because, you know, racing is determined, racing helps determine where consumer automobiles go. And if they're going to, I mean, they've already been kind of testing these things. Formula E isn't necessarily like a testing ground like I would say, argue NASCAR is, but I could see them going in that direction. You would... I'm just – that's going to be tough. Is, who, are, is NASCAR's fan base going to buy into an electric series? Let's say it's not even the Cup Series. Let's say NASCAR starts like a, a regional series or makes ARCA into all-electric or something like that. Is that even going to catch on at the short track level? Or is that going to catch on at the, the grassroots level? You know, that's the things that you have to ask yourself um, because Formula E catches on on a global scale – Uh, but it markets itself much different than any other motorsport it markets itself quite literally as an event and a street event like the main reason they go to street courses is because they want it to be like a huge event that gets people out downtown and gets people out into the city and gets people seeing not just the race but then other aspects of the race i mean nascar doesn't have that they go from one race to another indycar is the same way formula one even you know these are things that these guys are going to have to worry about this is I absolutely upshift that this is something that they need to start preparing about for now, because if if governments and car companies themselves are setting these goals, we as racing sanctioning bodies and racing fans need to start preparing for these changes as well. Yeah, I upshift. If you, I think if you aren't already thinking
0: about this somewhere and talking about it at least once a month, maybe you're behind. Um, yeah, I upshift before, like yeah, Rob mentioned the tweet, I wasn't really thinking about the power plants, but I'm thinking about my, my apartment complex. I don't think there's a, if there's a charging station here, I don't know where it is. That was what kind of what I was referring to. And, and like, where's the infrastructure to for 2.8 million cars that they produced in 2018? I only think that number will at least go up a little bit by 2035. You know, where's, where's, where's the infrastructure to charge these cars at? You know, at my, at the grocery store I work at, there isn't a charging station. Um, you know, so that, that was my point of that. But you bring up. Because point if on we're going we're green, power the, the thing the, about the it is if we're going green as well,
1: it kind of defeats the purpose to go green if we're having to power all of these cars with like dirty. Dirty fuel like coal or, or oil or, or natural gas stuff like that stuff that's not renewable stuff that you know is going to defeat the purpose of this green energy push. If we're going to go green, then we need to have uh, a decent infrastructure of green energy. And right now, unfortunately, most of the United States, at least, is still powered by coal, natural gas, and oil things like that that are not renewable and are in some cases not clean. I understand that there's some clean coal out there. I'm not going to get into that, but you know, I. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to go green, you have to commit to it. You can't just say, okay, all of the cars, now the cars aren't producing any uh, emissions, but we're doubling it because we've got to power all these cars by different ways. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, first off, it's a lofty goal from 15 years. I think GM bit off a little bit more. They can chew there. Myself, both from the infrastructure side and and then just from the production side and the realistic side, I'm making it cost-efficient for everyone. Um, but my guess is 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 that whenever they say the year is like, oh, by the way, we're only producing electric cars, the Cup right. Series will still be powered by some sort of fuel. It's not going to be... And that might be part of the lure of NASCAR and IndyCar. So you can hear vroom go by and say, you know, that might be part of the lure. You can hear loud cars once again on the speedways and instead of, you know, the highways, I don't know. That could be part of the marketing strategy of it. But if, if I was not informed about this and I'm NASCAR, I'm like, okay, what's, what's the plan here? And we already saw GM has shaken up its motorsports group a little bit here and people being in different roles. It's so garbage who knows logo, what that means? Don't get me started as a GM loyalist about that one. All right. Kyle Bush's five Xfinity Series races will be at Atlanta, Coda, Texas, Nashville Super Speedway, and Road America. Kyle Bush wins three races and reaches 100 victories in 2021. He wins, two, he wins at Atlanta, Atlanta
1: and Texas. That's it. He stays at 99. Mm, I'm going up to upshift. Never been to Koda. I really think he's been to, to Nashville to I, I, in like I, 10, 15. 20, 10 years, uh, hasn't run road America. I don't know if he ever has, if not for a long time, I think I, I just don't player. see it. I see, I see him. I not. see Atlanta and Texas as being big time possibilities, but I maybe Nashville, actually you might be right. Maybe Nashville. We'll see. I'm not convinced he's going to win Nashville, but he might because he has been there, but there's no way he's winning Coda in road America. I uh,
0: yeah, I'm just gonna upshift. I think he gets three races. I don't know where they're gonna be at. I think you make a great argument for Atlanta and Texas and Nashville, but I think Kyle Bush is just too good of a racer not to be able to adapt and not be thinking about Coda already in North America if he hasn't been already in the simulator to do it. Um I he's a smart guy, he's a great racer. So I upshift. He gets one hundred wins this year. Um, should NASCAR consider Saturday sprint races for the Cup series to boost fan experience and financial opportunities
1: for track not on Saturday do upshift or downshift? On Friday. Friday night. I want, I want, I want, this is crazy. Like- this is crazy. This is what I want. I want a sprint race of, depending on track length, anywhere between 25 and 50 laps. Okay. And I want this to serve as almost an unofficial final practice session, except, except for the fact that it is a race. See, it, it gives you a final practice session, but it gives you a second, a, a race. So this essentially creates more seat time for the drivers, since so they're getting less of it anyway, and more bang for the fans buck. This is, this would essentially be, give, give, give or take on the track size, maybe about a half hour to a 45 minute race between 25 and 50 laps, depending, like if it's on a short track, it's 50 laps. If it's on a speedway or whatever, it's 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 25, you know, let's go that way. Um, and it's just a quick, like final practice session in race conditions, get your car set up for race trim and go. That's what I want to see. That's the kind of sprint race that I want to see because you'll see drivers actually use it as, uh, as an opportunity to test and see what their car is going to do. Um, and it would, uh, essentially give fans more bang for the buck. And the reason why I say do it on Friday is because nothing was better than Friday night racing. And as much as I love the truck series doing it, truck series just isn't cutting the mustard for me right now lately on uh, running Friday night races. They don't do it as much as they used to. Um, and so I'm going to say that's what I want to see. That's what I would like. I'm going to kind of change the upshift and downshift, and I'm going to say that's what I – I, I upshift it. But I add that's how it should be. It should be a short race that should serve as a practice session slash a race. You could set up your car. You could get to see how your car is going to race in, around other cars and in a race condition. And I'm not – maybe don't pay points for it. Maybe playoff points. Like pay play, playoff points for it maybe. Not like actual points, points, but like playoff points or something. Yeah, like yeah kind of like that. An additional You could, you could stage. Trade it so that teams like take it seriously. You know, Say, okay, there's not points on the line, but there yeah. are. You know if that, what that means. So we're going to put playoff points in the line, meaning if you win this race – you get, you know, how you get an extra two playoff points or something. You know, we, we do that. Um, I think that would be yeah. an interesting way to keep uh, fan engagement going, keep the, uh, keep the drivers it, with seat time because that's the number one thing that I think people are going to miss is the lack of track time that they're going to probably end up seeing at races in the future. Um, a, a three-day ticket is not going to get you as many cars on track mm-hmm. as it used to be. Um, and I think, going forward that's kind of the yeah. the way that nascar needs to approach approach it especially if they want to do reduced uh two-day shows or whatever like they're talking about
0: yeah i obviously the big thing here is like if you tear up that car in the in the sprint race that but in how's you, that in any year year just wrecking car, that final practice? that's going to be you're you're up, Well, final. The difference is is that you probably don't have for, a full field of cars on the on the track. Maybe not at the. At you the, at weren't at involved time, in someone else's mess. That's the difference. Car.
1: Everybody <laughs> would go out and make a run at one point. So, not all at once. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but not all at once. But not all at. And so I think that's that's gonna, that would be the drawback. But I definitely upshift this for like places like Dover, Michigan, who don't have
1: mm-hmm.
0: two races anymore. Or, or, or like a Texas who doesn't only has the one cup points paying race. You know, places that, that they only have one date. That would be my thing here. Of course, I've said before, I think they need to split the Dover race into, to, into one 200-lap race and a 300-lap race over a weekend. You get 500 laps of racing in two races instead of one 400-lap race. I think it'd be a little bit more exciting and fun for the Cup Series. Same thing for the race at Michigan. I think it'd just be cooler and play both points that way. Anyways, I digress. I upshift. A little bit different than you. I like your idea on the Friday for sure. So way to, way, way to, way to change the, the question there to, to make it better. I like that. Um. So since the Daytona 500, last one here, folks, this is a question five. Since the Daytona 500 is NASCAR's biggest
1: race of the season, it should have a larger field size other than other races. See, this is weird cause cause I'd like to see here. the Daytona 500 have 43 entries again because I felt like that was always the way it should be. So if I'm going to upshift this, I'm going to say, yeah, but cap 43, just like old times, you know, like – you know, IndyCar only has like 23 full-time cars on any, any given week, but they still manage to pull 33 cars because it's always been 33. Now, 28 cars, 29 have raced an IndyCar before. I mean, that's not like full-time, basically in a non-Indy 500 race. So that's not something unca- un- uncharacteristic. In NASCAR, you regularly have 38, 39 cars showing up out of a 40 car field. You're not filling it out, but you still have a decent amount. I think if you expanded it to 43 just for the 500, I think it would make it would probably help car counts because then you have a lot of more open teams with an opportunity to make the race uh, as opposed to capping it at 40 like they do now and sending you know so many guys home. If you end up only sending one or two guys home out of 45 entries, I think that's the best way you can go for it. So I, I actually do like that. I will upshift. I will say, go for it, NASCAR. If you want to make 43 entries on um, the Daytona 500, I'm all for that and 40 everywhere else. That's fine because right now we're seeing what they do with the truck series. Truck series can have 40 trucks. It's now having 36 trucks this year. You know, I love that. First of all, I love the truck series going back to 36 oh, trucks. Yeah. That's, that never should have changed. Um, but the Me truck too. series having 40 trucks is even better because that's healthy for the series. And I think NASCAR, if they kind of played their cards right, could attract open teams to buy charters this way, and it would make the charter values go up more Um, because, you know, the more people that entered the cars, you know, obviously you'd start bumping guys the more and more entries. So, you know, people would have more of an incentive to buy a charter and to run the full season and be able to be charter eligible. Uh, They might be an open team, which means they can miss the field, but if they're fast enough, they shouldn't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, I I agree. You know, I wrote this question so I could literally say what you just said. I think if, you know, let's let's use this year, for example, if you had a 43-car field for Daytona 500, right now, as it stands, you'd send one car home. That might bring the NY Racing team in. So you have 45 cars there. So they look, okay, look, we have, with 44 entries, We as it currently stands, we have four opportunities. But in a 45-car field or, or entry list, and we have 43 spots, we have seven opportunities. The percentage of you... Missing the race is lower, and um, you know I think that that would be great to see. I know, and I and I think I would hope that if they increase charters, because they've talked about it. You know, we have to see an increase field count uh, or field field count. I I would like to see the the charters be like at thirty eight and the max field go back up to forty three. But the Daytona five hundred certainly you can't have any more than that because forty three because you don't have enough pit stalls. So that, that's that's where you kind of run into that cap issue. But 43, absolutely. Daytona 500 should be that way. It's I kind of thought of this question as, you know, the Indy 500 always brings more cars. They're sending cars home. It's the biggest race of the year, hands down. Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the year for NASCAR. And even if you down, have the issue, and I'm sorry, and before field. we move on, right, even
1: if you have good. the issue of nobody getting sent okay. home, that still bodes well because you have open teams that would get opportunities to earn money, earn prize money, earn earn tv time and and actually have an opportunity to to get sponsors and get drivers and expand their operations i really don't see why that would be a bad idea
0: i agree yeah that's exactly it exactly it right there all right well this show has gone on longer than i predicted and that's okay we had a lot to talk about uh we had a few rants ourselves here that's fun All right, Rollers Featured Racetracks coming up at you here. I'm going to try to go through as quick as as possible. Hopefully i pronounce all names right. Let's get started. So NASCAR kicks off the 2021 campaign with its five divisions in Florida this weekend. Since 1982, the Daytona 500 has been the exclusive season opener for the NASCAR Cup Series. In fact, I didn't know this, but 1982 was the first time the Daytona 500 served as a season opening race for the Cup Series. Prior to Daytona, Riverside served as a, a season opening race from 1970 to 1981, and before that also in 1965. The three quarter mile Charlotte Speedway was the season opening race in 1949. Then the Daytona Beach Street and Road Course hosted the season opening race in 1950 and 1951. But in the years 1952, 53, and 54, Palm Beach Speedway was the site to kick off the NASCAR season. Palm Beach Speedway was located at the grounds of South Florida Fair along Highway 98 today, and uh, it stood there from 1949 to 1983. The track was originally a one-half-mile dirt track, and for one season it also had a one-third-mile oval as well, but in late 1955 the track was paved to asphalt. The NASCAR Grand National Division uh, first race at Palm Beach Speedway was in 1952, the season opener on January twentieth, nineteen 1952. Tim Flock took home the trophy that day, uh, just as he would the seasons. uh, At the end of the season, the championship. He dominated, leading 194 of 200 laps. And just for one brief moment, he was overtaken on lap 142 when brother Fonte led for six laps. Um, Tim would later lap the entire field in his 51 Hudson. Lee Petty finished second, uh, and Fonte finished third. Future arcade champion Iggy Katona finished 23rd. Uh, excuse me, started 23rd and finished 19th in an Oldsmobile numbered 888. Back in the day when you had three triple-digit numbers. That's awesome. I mentioned that Tim Flock would be champion at the end of 1952 season. He was officially the champion following the second race at Palm Beach Speedway on November 30th when the season concluded there. Uh, He didn't fare as well in that 200 lapper. He started second but finished 12th after crashing. Uh, Herb Thomas was victorious that day, leading a clean sweep of 200 laps. Uh, Fonty Flock was second. Uh, he was two laps back, and a, a driver by the name of George Bush was tenth in a 52 automobile, numbered one sixteen. He made five career Cup uh, starts, all in 1952. Everyone's favorite mechanic, Smokey Eunuch, uh, was also in that race. He finished second to last, though, in 18th after George dropping out Bush with an ignition in issue. Uh, in a car man
1: mm-hmm. named George. Yes, Bush. a man no named George Bush. That's also awesome. either president, I assume.
0: Time. Uh I, I no, I don't think so. I I, I <laughs> couldn't find much if I Googled George Bush race car driver and it didn't come up with interesting results. Um after uh two after two full months off, the NASCAR Grand National Division returned to Palm Beach Speedway on February first, nineteen fifty three for the season opening race. Petty Enterprises claimed the top two positions with Lee Petty in a fifty three Dodge and Jimmy Lewallin in a fifty two Plymouth, numbered forty one. Tim Flock kept the tradition, albeit a short one, of having a Flock in the top three at Palm Beach with a third place finish. It would be a year before NASCAR returned on February 7th, 1954. Herb Thomas was victorious a second time at Palm Beach. Dick Rathman sat on the pole, led 21 of the first 67 laps, but dropped out with a blown gasket, as did Al Keller, who led the other 46 of the first 67 laps. Uh, he, He retired also with a blown gasket as well. Uh, Herb Thomas inherited the lead with for three laps before Buck Baker uh, would take the lead and he would lead the next 79. But Thomas regained the lead on lap 150 and didn't look back until he claimed the checker flag on lap 200. Uh, Baker finished second and Lee Petty was third. Uh, Fonny Flock was the only Flock brother in that race. He classified by 12th, the DNF overheating troubles. The 1955 season began in High Point, North Carolina at Tri-City Speedway in November 1954. But Palm Beach Speedway hosted the second race of the 1955 season on February 6, 1955. Quite the break in between races there. So I guess it was technically the yearly opening race. I won't get into that, though. Uh, The race uh, would uh, be the last for NASCAR on the dirt at Palm Beach. Herb Thomas yet again was victorious. Jack Coquette was second and Buck Baker third. NASCAR returned in 1955, but this time it was on December 11th. And this time it was the fourth race of the 1956 season. So remember, we've, we've talked about this before sometimes, you know, a season began the year prior. Um, the recently paved half mile witness, you guessed it, Herb Thomas go to victory lane for a fourth time in six trips to Palm beach. He was pretty good at Palm beach, whether it was dirt on asphalt. Uh, it was a clean sweep for Chevrolet that day uh, on the podium. Uh, Thomas uh, and second place finisher Al Keller were both in 56 Chevrolets, and third place finisher Billy Myers was in a 55 Chevrolet. Chocolate Myers' father, Bobby Myers, finished 10th that day. He was also in a 55 Chevrolet. Now, Chocolate's uncle uh, and Bobby's brother, Billy, who uh, I mentioned just before, uh, won the seventh and final trip for the NASCAR Grand National Division on March 4th, 1956, uh, which served as the seventh of 56 races. In the 1956 season, Jim Reed uh, Jim Reed led a race-high 109 laps but suffered a tire failure, relegating him to 21st-place finish among 30 starters, which was the highest field for uh, car count for a race at Palm Beach. Uh, for NASCAR, Myers took the lead with 59 to go in a 56 Mercury. Buck Baker was second, and Herb Thomas was third. Again, pretty good at this place. Uh, the win was Myers' first NASCAR Grand National victory. He would go on to win... Once more at Norfolk Speedway in Virginia later that season. Um, at around that time, a NASCAR's final uh, trip to Palm Beach, the South Florida Fairgrounds Corporation purchased the track and renamed it Palm Beach Fairgrounds Speedway, operating weekly races uh, for for uh, each year for years to come. Uh, the track was recognized as. Uh, was also recognized as South Florida Fairgrounds Speedway. It would continue to operate through 1983 when it was closed and demolished in the years that followed. In 1986, IMSA came to Palm Beach with a street race in downtown Palm Beach. But in 1998, the the race was relocated west to where the fairgrounds is, and parts of the 1.6 Temporary Mile Circuit uh, traversed the grounds that Palm Beach Speedway once stood. Today, an amphitheater and new fairgrounds buildings and a car lot occupy where the Speedway once stood. The Barrett-Jackson Palm Beach Auction is held at this location. There's also a pretty cool Facebook page dedicated to the Speedway. I encourage you to go check it out. It's all got some great... Uh, pictures just about posted actually every day. I had had to quit looking because of like I'm not making enough progress on on days. Here's just a lot of pictures. I think there was a recent driver who passed away who raced there. So the, the Facebook page is pretty flooded with his pictures there. Um, racing reference to history of American Speedways past and present, lost dirt tracks on Instagram and the Palm Beach Fairground Speedway Facebook page helped with today's feature rollers featured racetrack. All right, Rob, anything to say there before we get into what's in the windshield in our that closing was really segment for the first um, show of the year? I didn't year? know
1: that there was another Palm Beach speed I was thinking of the road course, Palm Beach International Raceway, but this was different. So this was actually kind of cool. So this was pretty interesting to learn about. So thank you.
0: No problemo. So what's in the windshield? The Formula One World Championship will now begin on March 28th in Bahrain, which there also could potentially our have a doubleheader uh, there. Right. Uh, that's if Portugal can't happen. Is That's the rumor to be the replacement race for Vietnam. No confirmation on that yet. It's kind of worrisome that nothing has happened with that. Uh, the Australian Grand Prix is uh, delayed until the 21st of November. The Chinese Grand Prix has been postponed and potentially canceled and replaced by Emola. Uh, that will be on April 18th, which will now be the season's second race. So quite the gap between races here, which is why Bahrain could have to races. Um in the third race, again, like I mentioned, is still TBA that's scheduled slated for May 2nd. The 2021 NTT IndyCar Series calendar has changed and now we begin at Barber Motorsports Park on April 18th, followed by the Street of St. Petersburg on April 25th. As we record this podcast, the Arkham Art Series East is beginning their season at New Smyrna oh, Speedway. You see the another it was fo- a you know, another Florida finish. track there.
1: Uh, oh, I retweeted it. Go check it out. It I didn't see the finish. finish. Who won? I won't spoil the winner, but it was red. I don't even know who the winner, the winner was. Here, I have to we look can? it up. Okay. Hold, on. Go on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a minute. Let me pull up my Twitter page. I just retweeted it. I got to look. Something. I couldn't remember who it was. It's a It's a driver I'm not familiar with, so that's why I got to Let's see. Max Gutierrez. That's one, why I didn't know who it was. He won in a three-wide finish. Uh, who's he driving? I don't know. Who's he driving He's in for? car number 30. He's a four. It's a four. Four. It's a Ford.
0: Okay, well, Max Gutierrez is the winner of that race. That it finished like... Just a, finished. As, like we, recorded, hour, like as we were recording this
1: Like when we started recording, so... Oh,
0: okay. Okay, well, there you go. Um The Arkham and series, like I said, they, they began. Max Gutierrez is the winner of that. That's the first of eight races in the 2021 season. Its Western counterpart will pick off, er, kick off its season on March 12th at Phoenix Raceway. And as we've said before here... NASCAR begins its uh, big series uh, series seasons this weekend. The clash is tomorrow, February is night On the road course it, uh, for reasons I'm that we discussed, this
1: before, which I still think are dumb. The road course should shouldn't be on the road course. It be on the oval, but whatever. There's that. Uh,
0: Arkema art Series begins on February 13th. The Truck Series will begin on February 12th, and. Uh, and the Xfinity Series also begins on the 13th in the Cup Series. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. I'm going racing.
1: Or I'm going to go watch uh, the We're getting actually uh, uh, lunch before love the it race. When oh, I have to, we have to get lunch before the race. Or I, I still don't you know, know where we're going. Do it. But we're going to go get lunch before the race. I get She's letting me watch the race. So that's Bonjour. what I'm, I'm I'm excited about.
0: There you go. There you go. Great fiance you have there. there you, great, great, great. All right, so that's what's in the windshield here, and I'll see the Daytona road course for the top uh, three divisions there the following week, and then Homestead after that, Uh, except the trucks are no longer going to Homestead, I think. Anyways, I forget that. Closing here, so social media, we've upped it this year. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Facebook, at Robin Roller. You can also find us on YouTube. Yeah, got a Facebook, yep. That you can find us on YouTube, and uh, we'll be posting this podcast there as well. And we're and I'm in the process of re-uploading. Thanks to Rob sharing the files, which was a massive task. How many, how many, for how him many gigabytes did I have to transfer out, over my might.
1: internet connection onto yours? I <laughs> was I was, was a lot. I, I keep all of the raw footage files, lot. and then I keep all of the compressed files. And I was trying to get you the compressed files, and it was just a lot. Yeah, it was a lot.
0: It's a lot, folks. It's a lot of memory to create these podcasts, but we do it for you. And uh, I, like I said, I'm in the process of re-uploading past podcasts onto the onto YouTube. And as and when we get done with this, he will send me a file of this podcast, and I'll upload that one as well. And get in, in those. Those will co- probably come out a day or two after the like actual podcast gets released, but it will get up on there. Uh, just stay tuned for that one. On YouTube, just search Racing with Rob and Roller to find us. Our Twitter's, though, the best way to get in contact with us and uh, for us to share news the, and the augment the news there. Rob is Peters 33. I'm at Roller underscore zero one. That's R O L L E R underscore zero one. Thank you for listening. Long show to kick off the season. Uh, a lot to talk about, though. Uh, if you're new, hope you enjoyed. Hope you come back. If uh, you're returning, glad to have you back as well. We're excited for another season of doing this and talking about all things NASCAR IndyCar Formula 1 and some more of that. Thanks for listening. For Robert right. Peters, I'm Josh Roller, and this was The Racing with Robin Roller Podcast. Have a great Daytona week, everybody.